This is Toastcaster, episode 57, podcast for Toastmasters. Your host, Greg Gazin. This episode, Russ Dantu, The Road to Las Vegas, and the World Championship of Public Speaking. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of Toastcaster, podcast for Toastmasters. Today we have with us Russ Dantu. He's the winner of the District 42 International Speech Contest. District 42 comprises of Alberta and Saskatchewan, and we have almost 300 clubs. And Russ has been kind enough to drive two and a half to three hours on a Saturday morning to come up to Edmonton to practice this speech. Welcome, Russ. Thanks for having me, Greg. Happy to be here. <laughs> Congratulations on winning the district. Thank you. So for the benefit of people who have never competed in a contest, you won your competition at the club level, then the area level, then the division level, and then the district. And now you're on your way to your semifinal, which will be held in Las Vegas. Yeah. And fingers crossed to the world champion of public speaking that will happen later in that week. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Yeah. <laughs> How does it feel to be at that point? I've got a range of emotions happening. I'm, I'm nervous. I'm excited. Uh, it's adding a lot to my work day right now because I'm trying to spend a minimum of one hour a day practicing and refining. I'm working with Lance Miller, the 2005 world champion of public speaking, and it, that's been eye-opening as well. He's a fabulous man, and uh, yeah, it's been a great experience so far. You had practice today. You gave us two incredible speeches. How many times have you given these speeches? <laughs> well, my first speech, the right thing to do, I've probably got about a hundred hours into that one now. And that means not just all the practice sessions and that, but I, I think I've given it about 30 or 40 times now. The second speech, uh, Those That Judge You, that one is from 2010. So I bet you I've got about 150 hours. It's changing quite a bit. And yeah, I mean, I give that one in schools when we're in presenting on bullying, racism, drugs, alcohol, suicide acceptance as well. So given that one hundreds of times. Now, I've heard both of the speeches. I heard them both at the district and I heard them today. I've really noticed that the speech has changed. Out of curiosity, how do they compare to when you originally conceived them or when you gave them the first time at the club? Wow, that's a great question. And they, they do change a lot because uh, I'm part of MVP Advance Club. So the people down there, when I'm competing, they give me the feedback right away. So that feedback I, I take to heart. If I'm hearing enough from people, I definitely make changes. I'm sort of old school with the way I prepare. I have to have pen and paper in hand. I can't sit in front of a computer. So I'll write out a copy of a speech six or seven times before I'll put it on the computer. Uh, and then I'll take it from there. And then I'll just tweak things here and there. So, yeah. I know that as a Toastmaster, you're used to getting feedback. But sometimes the feedback you get, can it, <laughs> can it be a challenge? Can it hurt? It can challenge and it can hurt. I always say I have wide shoulders, but uh, what they did for me in Calgary when they had a an event night for me down there was I had uh, Rhea Carlson. People remember her as Rowena Romero, who competed in 2005 on the world stage against Lance Miller and that. And she sort of went through all of the evaluations and narrowed them down to about six that she thought were pertinent to changes I should look at making and everything. A lot of the comments that people make are definitely good suggestions and well wishes, but 
when you're in a smaller room and you're practicing, people sometimes don't understand it's a practice session and the emotion's not always going to be where it should be as compared to game day. Do you find that you have challenges making the changes in two respects? One, the fact that you probably have been holding on to some of those key phrases that you don't want to give up. And the second thing would be, <laughs> one of the challenges that I have is remembering. So first question would be challenges in terms of giving up some of those juicy morsels that you go, this is awesome. But I... A good friend of mine years ago, Charles Muhammad, a Toastmaster, said to me something, and I, I relayed it to Lance the other day, and he had a good laugh. It's, and it, it sounds a little harsh, but sometimes you have to give up your babies for adoption. Lance's comeback was, is sometimes you have to pick your favorite child, uh, meaning the same thing. It's really hard to do, but if it's not adding to the speech, sometimes it has to go. And if you're looking to get your time down, then sometimes you've got to give some of those things away that you love. And yeah, that's hard to do. If it's for the betterment of the speech and moving it forward, then you have to do it. So the second half of that was, do you find it challenging in terms of, when it, if it's committed to memory, you know, that's, <laughs> it's ingrained in you. It's almost like listening to song lyrics of a song, and then all of a sudden yeah. it changes, almost like Elton John's, what was the, <laughs> I forget the name of the like song Crocodile now. Crocodile Rock or something. No, 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 it wasn't Crocodile Rock, <laughs> okay. it was the song about Marilyn Monroe. Now I can't, oh, okay. Candle in the Wind. Candle in the Wind, okay. And then all of a sudden he rewrote it for Princess Diana, Princess Diana. when right. she was tragically yeah. killed in a car accident. Right. It's hard to hear that same tune and yeah. have different words change. So what's that like in terms of trying to commit it to memory? It's really difficult and you may have noticed it today and there in the session. I did have some notes sitting on the table because I had changed some of the things I really liked in the speech and was trying some new material. And yet when I was up there speaking, I could feel myself going back to what I'm used to saying. So it, it's really difficult. That's why you have to do hours and hours and hours of practice to make sure you get those new pieces in and hold on to them for a while. <laughs> Habits are hard to break, aren't yes. they? <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned about yourself in this process? Oh, I've learned a few things about myself. I'm still very impatient. I like things to happen faster than they are. Um, so that's a quality I need to work on consistently. My wife keeps telling me too that I, I need to work on my patience. I've learned to graciously say thank you to everybody that wants to offer feedback, but also keep in mind that the speech has to stay true to who I am. I know some of these suggestions are wonderful if that person was giving the speech, but for me to use those specific words, it just doesn't fit into the, my style of speaking. So those are probably the two big things that I've learned. Obviously, you also do some professional speaking, and yes. as you, I'm sure that you do prepare, but you probably may not prepare as much as you're as you're doing for this particular right. event. Yeah, totally different so, ball game. So yeah. it's changing your. Does it change your process? Does it change your thought patterns? Are you going to be speaking differently now in your professional life, given all the work and time that you're putting into this? Uh, you know what? When you're building seminars and workshops, you put in a lot of time into building them. But I find once you're in the room with the people, the answers are in the room. So if you have to change direction, you can do that. With, with a contest speech, I don't think when you're on the stage for five to seven minutes, you can actually go, uh-oh, the crowd isn't connecting as well. Let me go to this plan because you've got everything rehearsed down to this is the way it is. It's too difficult to try and switch it up. It makes a lot of sense, though, because sometimes when you're giving that same presentation to a different audience, you have you do have to be flexible. In today's scene, I think we're seeing a lot more interactivity rather than just a one-direction presentation. Yeah. So now you're still practicing. Yes. International convention <laughs> is less than a month away. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing now to prepare? 
Well, from here, I'll do a little bit of soul searching on the drive back to Calgary today. Uh, I have to make a decision on my two speeches, whether I stick with my district winning speech and take it to the next level, if I think it still has the possibilities of being strong enough, and I've doubted it all along, so that's not a good place to be at. So I may decide to stick it out for another week. I have a call with Lance Miller on Tuesday morning. I'm going to send him my revised copies of both speeches and see where he thinks I am and if if they're strong enough. If they're not strong enough, then I need to use my second speech, my those that judge you speech. I'll put that in for the semis and then have to look at building a new one, Wow. which I'm really not wanting to do, but I will if I have to. It's not just throwing out the choice morsel phrases. <laughs> it's throwing out an entire speech. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, my first speech was originally built for when we get going to schools and speak and we get called back to speak in, so we have to have different messages. So that's where I built it, and I thought, you know, I'll throw it in the ring this year, and I won't get past area. And then I got past area, and I said, I won't get past division. And then I got past division, and I said, there's something wrong here. Like, people are really liking this speech, but it, it's not strong enough to win at district. And then I won at district, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting it, but uh, I'm trying to make it come together so that it's... It's at a level it needs to be to compete with all the other semi-finalists. I know you're anxious to head back to Calgary to practice some more. <laughs> I'd like to ask you one last question. What advice would you give someone who is thinking, who's never taken a chance on a contest, who's thinking of participating in the upcoming competitions? Find a group of people that you believe are better than you in certain areas. So if somebody is really great with gestures, if somebody's great at storytelling, if somebody is great at staging, go to them and see if they'll mentor you. If they've been on the stage before and they've been to a higher level than you've been at, those are the people you should look out for. I have a, a team of people I rely on heavily uh, for different aspects of my speech. Um, local Toastmasters in District 42, some in Alberta, some in Saskatchewan, that I value their, their opinions for sure and look to gain insight and move forward. So everybody needs a coach. Sage advice. Russ Dantu, all the best at the next level. Thank you very much, Greg. Well, that road to Las Vegas is certainly going to heat up in more ways than one. I can imagine all the work that goes into getting to the next level. I was fortunate to make it to the district level in the humorous speech contest. If you want to chuckle out of that, you can check out episode 49 of Toastcaster. Podcast for Toastmasters. If you enjoyed the episode, I'd appreciate if you could leave some feedback, preferably at iTunes. And as well, feel free to check out the Toastmasters International podcast, the official Toastmasters podcast, which I am one of three co-hosts. This is Greg Gazin, Toastcaster podcast for Toastmasters. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Toastmasters.